This is the Anglican Perspective Podcast with Canons Phil Ashey and Mark Eldridge of the American Anglican Council. Join us for an in-depth look at building up and defending Great Commission Anglicanism throughout the world by developing faithful leaders, equipping local congregations, and always reforming the church. You can find out more about how we can help you and your churches thrive by visiting www.americananglican.org. Here now is Canon Phil and Canon Mark. Welcome to your Anglican Perspective. Well, hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Anglican Perspective podcast. I'm Canon Mark Eldridge, uh, hosting today with uh, Canon Phil Ashey, and uh, and we also have Dean Andrew Rowell with us. And this is a special edition because we're wrapping up uh, the GAFCON that just concluded this afternoon, and uh, we just wanted to kind of touch base with you and talk about, just debrief with you a little bit about, about what happened. And so, um, Ken and Phil, just great, great to be with you as always. Uh, why don't oh, you it's great to be with and, you. Yeah, tell, tell us, tell us what's your initial takeaways of the, of the, at the end of GAFCON. Well, you know, I'm reminded of something that, uh, uh, other Anglican leaders have said, you know, citing Jesus parable in Luke 13, six through nine about the barren fig tree. That um, in the parable, you know, the owner gives the vine dresser one year uh, for that fig tree to bear fruit. And uh, Anglican leaders here uh, and elsewhere have said, you know, we've given the Anglican communion and the arch successive Archbishop of Canterbury is 25 years. Mm-hmm. And this statement is a decisive stake in the ground. It's an historic turning point uh, of, uh, of saying no more waiting. This is it. We're done. Uh, repent. Uh, or communion will remain broken. Uh, it couldn't be clearer, and and for that we rejoice. Thanks, Canon Phil. What uh, Dean Andrew? Why don't you share uh, with with our listeners what what kind of your takeaways are? Yeah, I guess I echo what Canon Phil said. It's been such an overwhelmingly uh, joyous week. Midweek last week, we were all kind of down in the dumps because it we'd heard that there'd been a lot of impasse between the primates of the global south and the primates of the, of GAFCON over real issues, real substantive things that it just seemed like they'd reached some roadblocks. And and I think what more than anything else you see is the power of prayer because um, everybody in 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 support of the American Anglican Council was in prayer. Um, everywhere you went here at GAFCON, you saw intercessors on their knees praying for radical reconciliation, radical ways of moving forward together. And of course, we weren't in the room where that happened, but we saw the the just the fruit bearing of that prayer when that final statement could not have been more clear that. Everyone recognizes that we are going to move forward together or we're not going to move forward. And we know God's beckoning us on onward. And so um, I'm just excited for Cairo 2024 to see the next piece of this puzzle um, come together. Yeah, you know, um, go ahead. Just just, I'd like to hear from you, Mark, you know, your experience of prayer, because, of course, you were you were there with uh, with everybody else praying in the small groups so what 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 was your experience well i think there was a real emphasis throughout the week which we've written about um about the need for repentance in fact in archbishop foley's opening address he he had the 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 a, a repenting church or a, a reconciliation uh, reconciliation Reconcile. church uh, yeah. yeah reconciling reproductive anyway the, the reproductive church 
And, uh, you know, you get the point. So um, the but there was a real sense of uh, I had it down a minute ago. It was a real sense of of the need for repentance throughout the whole week. And so a lot of the prayers were on that. that if we're going to call others to repent, which is right and good and we should uh, and they need to, uh, then, you know, we need to be have integrity and, and be able to repent of our own. So that, there was a real emphasis of that. And a lot of the prayer groups, we, we prayed together about that. Um, and then, you know, the process of, of working on the statement and the engagement that um, we were all uh, able to participate in, you know, there's a real sense of both prayer, but also being able to speak into, I don't, I don't know how much uh, all of our input really changed too much of the words of the, of the statement from the original draft we got, but um, there was some changes. We I know of I know of a couple specific words that were different based on suggestions that were given in the ACNA uh, feedback time. So there was you know they listened and and I think uh, both through the prayer and the process, uh, the statement is what it is. I'll and tell yeah, you a funny, a funny story that happened uh, early this morning. Uh, maybe it was yesterday afternoon. I I ran in, in my prayer group was the head of the drafting committee for this GAFCON, um, yeah, the Bishop yeah. of South Sydney. And um, and uh, he said, well, how, did the, how did the comment process go? And I said, well, you know, editing a document, wordsmithing a document with 259 of your friends in a room is kind of like nails on a chalkboard, but we certainly gave it our all. Like we read it carefully line by line and people made comments. And at some point, someone raised their hand and said, what's the point of all this wordsmithing? And Bill Atwood, Bishop Bill Atwood said, well, part of it is supposed to give you a sense of ownership in it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it, the, the head of the draft committee said, now, it, we'd had 550 comments and we wow. made 150 yeah. changes based on those comments because we considered every single one of them very seriously. And so to echo what you said, Mark, I mean, I think that that involvement of all of us in it really did does mean that it was our statement mm -hmm. and the portions about gafcon's relationship with global south was very much crafted by the primates right. and that's mm -hmm. as it should be but when right. we try to express our heart um, towards orthodoxy towards repentance towards you know sexual purity for all of us in response to god's commandments which are made for, given to us for our good it wasn't the primate statement it wasn't the the committee state. It was our statement. We really, we owned it. And, um, and I was real proud of it. I mean, I was proud to share it this morning widely on all of my social media feeds. Cause I, you know what, this is what we stand for. We stand for godliness, obedience, purity, repentance, grace. Um, we want to be reconciling, you know, we want to tell people the truth for the sake of their souls. And, um, we want to see people meet Jesus and, yeah. You know, you, you can't meet Jesus when you're unrepentant. Like, you right. know, we said to I think the part I think the part about the the fact that it's unloving, it's not pastoral, it's not loving to not be truthful. Yeah. Right. Um, I thought that was really helpful and clear. Yeah. Another just another observation as we're just debriefing here. It, 
uh, it was interesting to me. Uh, there was such a, an emphasis as there should be on mission and on evangelism and, you know, GAFCON being this missional movement. And there, there, you can feel the energy in the room and the excitement about that and the yes and amen to that. Um, but but when at various times in like at the reading of the of the rough draft or when there was uh, different people speaking, it was interesting to me that that whenever it was said there needs to be a clear break from Canterbury or when Archbishop yeah. Foley talked about, you know, why are we, you know, kind of still under under the leadership of someone appointed by a, the, the the government of England? You know, I mean, that, that kind of it, th- those got spontaneous applause lines. I mean, you could feel that the room was like we need change. You know, there was it was there was no disunity about that. There's much unity about the mission, to be clear. But there was there was just a lot of genuine excitement about the need to see something actually happen which again based on the statement phil you're you're you feel pretty confident that's what we got correct i, I think so i was i was you know listening to uh michael stead talk about uh the process and he said you know when they sent out the questionnaire uh to everybody in advance the the you know just to kind of tick what you know what you agreed with that there was like 92 to 97% right. agreement. I mean, that's just remarkable. That's exactly the kind of unanimity you would hope for in a council, in a, in a, in a classic, mm-hmm. you know, ecumenical council. So this was really a, a, an historic turning point. And frankly, I don't see how Canterbury is going to spin this. Uh, I, I think the whole narrative of walking together in good disagreement, that is dead on arrival. Uh, it is. Uh, I mean, they could not have made that clearer in in this statement. Yeah, I think. That's but I'm I'm wondering from from your guys, you know, your experience there. What what were for you? What were the high points of your time? You know, uh, at at Gafcon Kigali. Um, for me, uh, and, I, and I wrote about this a little bit on our website. It was this um, see this period that the clergy, the laity, all gathered together in the auditorium, the, the main auditorium. The bishops were in another conference room, and we were all given a prompt. And the prompt was, um, "My hope for the Anglican Communion is dot dot dot." Mm, yeah. And then we broke up into groups of six to eight, yeah. and we had thirty minutes to come up with at most three statements. And and Ken and Phil, those statements were so remarkably consistent as people stood mm-hmm. up and read them. We probably heard over a hundred of those three yeah. sentences, you know, hopes and dreams read aloud. And they were, we were all kind of speaking with a common voice. Like we want to be freed up for gospel ministry. And we want to be unshackled from the systems that um, are willing to live with clear lies that couldn't that are not based on scripture like clear disobedience to the faith delivered once for all of the saints like we are unshackled from being forced to walk together with with those who are willing to walk in darkness and so that unshackling was just you everybody said that and we talked about um wanting to you know revitalize ministries to students and to children and to youth and to the next generation of leaders in the church and and then you heard this kind of third note in it all that that there was a recognition amongst these GAFCON delegates that in order to do so, we can't just leave Canterbury. 
Because where right. are you where are we going to go? Like we've got to find right. a place that's well governed where we could continue to build on the gospel fervor that was in the room. And that was just clear. And like you could have taken any one of the statements and they probably would have been sufficient because there was such a common voice. And it was, you know, African voices, Australian voices, American voices, you know, South American voices, every tongue, tribe and nation. In fact, Canada and Mark, I don't know if you remember this, but at some point they said, please don't tweet or, or share any of these slides about what the statement is. They had to get up on stage and say it in Swahili and in yeah. uh, in Portuguese and in Spanish. Uh-huh. And, because they recognized that it was that every tongue, tribe, and nation was represented in the room. <laughs> so that was a really cool moment that would only happen at GAFCON with right. that moment. Yeah. And just as you were listening out of all those countries i i was struck by how many people from the uk were here as a, yeah. compared to previous gafcons where they just it was a lot of you know where are you from london or you know birmingham or or you know ireland or scotland so there it's just it's definitely a lot of people and because of the recent you know changes at lambeth 2022 so that was encouraging i think as well but i i would say you know all of what andrew said was encouraging to me I, of course being the director of anglican revitalization ministries with with such a passion for uh, evangelism and local church mission and all that i i, I thought bishop kwashi's challenge to uh for a, a decade of a mission a discipleship evangelism and mission was pretty exciting and yeah. um and and so in and thinking like hey as the aac we're we're on that, you know, that's, that's the way yeah. we're already, we're already committed to that. And we can play a part in, uh, in certainly in the ACNA and perhaps beyond the ACNA and helping to to make that a reality. That's what we're passionate about. It only, the only caveat to that is, is there something about the decade of that tweaks me a little bit from growing up in the Episcopal church. And we had the, the decade yeah. of evangelism when I was growing up, which we declined, you know, the, the church lost people. So I, I don't, I have no sense that we're any like anything like the Episcopal yeah. church, but the, that, so some of our listeners may, if you've been around a long time, uh, you may have that same, like, Oh, the decade language isn't language we like, but the principle is fantastic. And, um, and again, as the yeah. AC we're um we can be a part of that and also again we'll see where it goes but um you know the real commitment to bishop's training and how how as the aac we're we're already have been working on and developing and have have resources for training bishops you know how that plays into the you know the global uh initiatives um but i just made made me encouraged as uh, an employee of the american anglican council that we really you know, we're we're doing what we're supposed to be doing to help build up and defend Great Commission Anglicanism uh, globally yeah. and in America. So that, it was just it was just very encouraging. Well, it, it, you know, uh, as I as I looked around and saw, you know, everyone, I, I noticed that there were, you know, deep times of prayer, intensive prayer. I mean, people were really, really. Uh, doubling down and uh, some real, you know, uh, sweet moments of of worship where people were obviously engaged deeply with the Lord. Um, so all of that I I saw as I have from previous GAFCONs. Um, but um, I, I think again, as I was um, overhearing some of the conversations of of Anglican leaders, including. Um, Bishop Stead, who is in your your group, 
uh, Andrew. Michael, yeah. Yeah, I, I think... I think the mood for this GAFCON statement was different than 2008, 2013, and 2018. What I what I heard him say is that uh, the mood was was you know applause and and all, but there is a there is a somberness about it about this historic moment. Yeah. It wasn't this kind of joyful, triumphant. Hey, we're growing. We're this is a recognition that this is a real turning point. Mm-hmm. It, and, and it's appropriate to mord it because yeah. it, you know it is the, the Anglican Communion has has been around for centuries and it is going mm-hmm. through a major Reformation moment and yeah. we're pleased by that because we're doing gospel work but it does come with a loss of what could have been if there had right. been repentance what could have been if there had been faithfulness and you know again Mark mentioned just the the huge contingent that we had from the UK, from the Church of England, and they were of all kinds of flavors. I mean, yeah. there were there were people here that had already left and come under GAFCON sanctioned and supported and created entities. I mean, Lee McMunn was yeah. one of the entities, and I mean, we've known Lee since he was a a, a priest in the Church of England, and now we know him as a a bishop in the the Anglican network in England, right? Like he's yeah. and he's just a, a wonderful, winsome, the kind of bishop you'd like to have on speed dial, you know. And um, right. and then you have we had people that were clearly fully like had their feet in the Church of England, trying to figure out how to fight for orthodoxy with it. And I I tried as much as I could to engage those men and women in conversation to say, mm-hmm. "You're 25 years behind us." And we did this, and it was miserable. But you actually are doing it now in a season where look at the support structure that you that you have waiting for you, and right. cheer you on, and encouraging you all along the way. How is it all going to work out? I do not know. But you know, yeah. we really did it, and we built this ship while we sailed it. I mean, the, yeah. the American Anglican Council was in the room where. CAFCON was born like it would that it wouldn't be if it weren't for the work of the AAC. But a lot of that work's been done. And now if you want to come find a safe space today, you can go. Right. That's you right. But if it but if you need some more time, we're gonna be praying for you and cheering you on. And I don't know. I think I think folks were encouraged by that. Yeah. Mark, what about what about you? Uh kind of kind of wrapping us up here. Well, I mean, I, I, I was thinking there's just so much to say, but I, I just when you were talking a minute ago about, you know, the 25 years and the, you know, we've given them so much time. I was just the, the language when Steve Noel got up and kind of went through sort of the history of the documents. And but that language of the the, the tearing of the fabric, I remember, what is it, yeah, 2003 yeah. or whenever that yeah. it was, is it, they tore the fabric and there has been this desire for, with all of us. Uh, at least, you know, especially back then, like it can be mended. There was a sense of the the tear can be mended, but it, that was because that language came up again so much. It was yeah. just that the, it's not been not only not been mended, but they've twenty for twenty five years just torn and torn and torn and shred. So that, I think that really helped me really grasp. Like we have been patient in some yeah. ways, and but it's yeah. so it's just it's just time. So Phil, just in wrapping up, um, I. Uh, again, we're, we're kind of on a high right now and there's a joy and it's exciting. Um, and I don't want to have a downer, but but just in a minute, what would you say? You're kind of like, OK, now that we're kind of putting an end on this GAFCON 4, 
what are you looking ahead for as 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 next uh, for the movement? If 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 that's too big of a question, just tell me. But I just thought, what's next? Well, it's it is a big question. But here's here's a couple of things. Number one, we invite our readers please continue to pray. Uh, as the as the Kigali commitment says that GAFCON and Global South uh, leaders will stay in step with the Holy Spirit together mm. as they reset the communion. Just pray that. Mm. Um, there are practical things in terms of people joining the covenantal structures of the Global South, constitutional changes that are going to take some time. And it, given the Archbishop of Canterbury's statement, uh, at uh, ACC Ghana recently that uh, though he is willing to step aside on the one hand, on the other hand, he said he would fight, he would fight any attempts that are not endorsed by the instruments of communion, which is just taking back his control. So question is, what will Canterbury do now uh, to uh, to interfere with this process of resetting? Uh, and I think that's a real concern that uh you know, AAC is going to be vigilant about, and we'd invite our readers to to pray for us as we as we help uh, uh, primates, archbishops, bishops, uh, networks of congregations to uh, to move into this resetting uh, and overcome the obstacles that uh, that may be thrown in the way. Uh, so please pray for us. Plead the protection of Jesus over everybody. Uh, and as one of our great intercessors loves to say, um, Lord, paint the dragon red, you know, mm -hmm. make it obvious to everybody who, you know, where, where, uh, where the enemy is at work uh, and, um, and where the lamb who sits upon the throne can be found. Uh, that's, that's our prayer. And we uh, thank you for your prayers and your support. Yeah. Well, thank you all for uh, been watching in and listening in and paying so close attention. And so, uh, yeah, that's a good word, Phil. We'll just all need to keep praying and keep uh, our sleeves rolled up and, and walk in step with the Spirit as we move forward. Well, God bless all of you listening in, and, and we'll look forward to talking to you on our next Angli Anglican Perspectives podcast. You've been listening to your Anglican Perspective with Canon Phil and Canon Mark of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it so that biblically faithful and orthodox Anglicans can stay connected to the latest news, updates, and inspirations from around the world.